Morning, everyone. Morning. Welcome to ENP. Welcome, Nani. Uh, let's pray. Father, we just lift up today into your hand, Lord. We just ask for your Holy Spirit to come and fill us, Lord. To come and move in our lives, move in our minds. To come and move um, in our mess every day. In the things that we have yet to comprehend about ourselves, about the world, about what's happening around us, Lord. Yeah, we just ask that, Lord, you just help us to understand the word, uh, open our hearts this morning. And Lord, I just pray um, that you help me to convey your heart and convey your word. We just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Morning, bro. Uh, let's read from Luke 15, uh, verse 11 to 32. The parable of the lost son. Jesus continued on verse 11. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the, his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, he saw his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best rope and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But well, when this son of yours who has squandered 
your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I, ha I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of God. Um, this is a very familiar story of the prodigal son. Like maybe we have heard it um, hundreds of times. Um, but today I'm going to try to tell it from a different lens. I want to tell it from the lens of shame and honor. So um, to begin with, uh, if you look at verse 11, it says that the youngest son, um, Jesus told this story, uh, the background is that Jesus told this story to a bunch of Pharisees and the religious leaders. And this is both an invitation and challenge to the crowd when he's talking to them. Um, so to begin this story, this younger son um, came to the father and demand uh, an inheritance that was not supposed to be released at that time. It's a premature ask, right? Um, and in that culture, uh, I guess for now, in the Asian culture or Western culture, I think the Jewish culture at that time might be a little bit more similar to the Asian culture. So at that time, if you're asking your father for a premature release of the inheritance, it means that you want him dead. Basically, the inheritance can only be released after the father has died. So to him, like to the father himself, this is a huge disgrace, like a humiliation. My, my son basically wants me dead, and he's asking this um, inheritance from me. So to the father, to the family, to the community, this is a very shameful thing, okay? Um, and then on verse 13, he says that, um, so the father actually gave the son the share of the estate. What he did was basically, according to the Jewish law, um, he divided the property into three portions, one for himself, one for the eldest son, and one for the younger son. So one third has gone to the younger son. And then not long after that, in verse 13, the younger son got together, or he had set off a distant country. Why did he leave to a distant country? Because when he got this land, because it's such a shame and disgrace, it's basically the community itself, Jewish community, will not, because the shame of that, so they will not actually buy this land because it's the shame that is attached to it. It will, like, the words will go out, and then, um, so he can only sell this land to the Gentiles. And that's another layers of shame there, because no one, like, in Jewish culture sells land to the Gentiles. They don't associate themselves to the Gentiles, right? So after he sold the land, liquidate the money, cashing it out, he left to go to a distant country. But... Um, basically, he kind of just prostitute himself, doing whatever he wants, right? And that's another layer of shame there, when he is just slaving himself, right? So, <clears throat> basically, we're looking at um, a few groups of people here. The son, the younger son himself, 
um, for whatever reason inside, later we will talk about it, decided to leave the, the father. And then the father was shamed because of that. And that bring on the shame to the family, to the older brother, and to the community, right? So now let's move on to the older, older son. So the older son, when he is watching the whole thing play out as an eldest son in the family, he does have a responsibility to sort of cover and bring the younger brother back. But in the scripture itself, it didn't say anything about him in this very beginning. He did nothing, right? Um, so that sort of is... Um, it's kind of a shameful thing for an eldest son. Sometimes like when shame, shame is something that you did, but it can also come with something that you didn't do. You didn't do what you ought to do. Therefore, it brings shame, right? So the second thing is that he's bearing this shame that is brought by the younger brother leaving home and bringing like one third of the inheritance out. The gossip of the community is another thing, right? Um, so the third thing is that um, at the end of the story, it does say that um, when the younger brother came back, then the older, older son was saying like, I'm so angry, I do not want to go into the banquet that you have, basically he was telling his father, I don't, I don't want to go into the party that you have thrown for your, for your son. And the words that he's using is, this, this son of yours, right? Remember he said, this son of yours. It, meaning like, like, none of my business, right? Yeah, this is your son, and you bear the shame, right? So in this public setting, when the father was actually like throwing a party and all that, the older son actually refused to go in, which actually is a very shameful thing at that time, right? So, um, have you ever felt ashamed of something you did or you didn't do? Yes? <laughs> okay, so shame by definition, I Google, and it says that shame is the uncomfortable sensation we feel in the pit of our stomach when it seems we have no safe haven from the judging gaze of others. The core emotion of shame is defined as self-conscious emotion arising from the sense that something is fundamentally wrong about oneself. With shame, we often feel inadequate and full of self-doubt. Yet, these experiences may be outside of our conscious awareness. That makes shame hard to identify and label. So is shame different from guilt? If you guys know Brene Brown, Brene Brown is a professor from the University of Houston. Yes, I just checked. Um, so she, she is, basically she called herself the researcher of shame. Yeah, so she has this tech talk called The Power of Vulnerability that is on YouTube, tech talk. And they, it has the viewers of like around 14 million people. Yeah, basically she talks about how vulnerability has the power of like 
um, is a key to whole living, like whole holistic living. So she defines um, guilt and shame in this way. Guilt is basically saying, I made a mistake. This behavior is bad. And I feel bad about this behavior. This is what guilt is saying. But shame says, I made a mistake. I am bad. So shame basically is saying that there's something fundamentally wrong with me. Yeah. So um, in the youth ministry, recently we're going through a series called The Father's Heart. Um, so for the youth ministry, usually um, the, I, I, I usually just ask God, <laughs> like, what do we preach about this season? And then he will give me a theme. So the Father's heart has been something that has been on my heart, but it's very challenging for me to map it out because for me, it's, it's just a very challenging theme, topic for me. Of course, I, I, I didn't have like a perfect earthly father. There was a lot of struggle and conflict, but I feel like there's something more than that. I cannot actually kind of put my finger in anything, but it's just sort of when we go into this theme, um, there's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of things that have been blocking me from going it fully. So I've been asking God and pondering on this for quite some time. And you guys know, some of you guys know that I continue on my trauma therapist. So uh, I, I usually visit her once in a while, uh, once in two months. So <clears throat> last week when I went to my trauma therapist session, um, something emerged, which took me by surprise. Um, it's a theme of shame. Basically, the, the reason why I couldn't tap into the father's house because I carry this sense of shame for a very long time, and I didn't even know. So, <clears throat> and then when, when that theme sort of emerged, I, I recall back a lot of the things that had happened in this past several years, and I realized, whoa, Yes, it's all like kind of linked together. It's very relevant. If you ask Pastor Matt, oh, sorry, Pastor Matt and Pastor Sam are not feeling well today, so you got me. <laughs> so if you ask Pastor Matt, um, at the very beginning of uh, me joining staff and being the youth director, there was a lot of time that he will sit me down and he will just say to me like, Yvain, there's something blocking you here. Why are you not owning your role your position and i don't know why i just i just have this very heavy sense of inadequacy in me all my life this sense of shame this same sense of like i am just not enough and i don't say it like maybe we don't say it like outright but then this underlying color of you know this base color of my being it's crying out and shouting out that. So <clears throat> in the trauma therapy, um, we basically tackle some very core memories. Um, so all the way back to childhood, my first experience with shame was actually when I was in kindergarten. <clears throat> and it was, it, was, 
it was quite a public shaming moment for me because um, I was asked to do a storytelling in my graduation ceremony in kindergarten when I was six years old. Um, and then I was like dressing in my princess dress and then you know those stockings, the white color, you know, those like princess stockings. So I was like very confident and um, I was supposed to tell the story Cinderella. Yeah, and so I went upstairs, I went up on the stage and then um, because I was so busy that day, so I couldn't go to the toilet and I ended up peeing on the stage. Like shaming, like everyone was watching and I remember my mom was just like down, down there and then she took the series of photos of, you know, like how because uh, the stocking is white color, so you can see the shades. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness. So that was my first experience of like shame, like public shaming. And then from there I realized, oh wow, okay, that's, that's, the, that's the sensation. That's their, that feeling of like, whoa, shame, right? And then after that, I... Yeah, she, my trauma therapist identifies several moments where, you know, I have people, my peers or a friend, like just telling me in my face, like, you are disgusting. Like, that's one of my core, core memory. And I remember that triggered so much shame inside of me. I also have one, um, another core memory of my father, my own father, telling me you're useless. So I think that also trigger, you know, like that just sort of like form and shape my being into someone who is very, yeah, constantly being like not adequate. So I don't know how many times I, after the youth ministry or like youth session on Sunday, like I would just feel so down or discouraged like sometimes we'll describe it as oh i'm so drained uh, after sunday right but a lot of time i think it's it's because um since i come back to god i in my head i know that my shame and sin has been covered by him but because i've been functioning out of this shame-based belief for so long it's it's it takes time for me to actually let the grace of God carry me and cover my shame. So since I come to Christianity, I realize Christians are also very shameful people. <laughs> like we are so stricken by shame, but we wouldn't say it. You know, we wouldn't verbalize it. We just sort of, oh, it's okay. And I think a lot of it is coming from, um, I know God's standard is here but I'm always just here. And then there's, and what is this called? Transgression, right? Missing the mark. So there are a lot of time after Sunday, uh, after youth, and you know, youth can be challenging. <laughs> My youth teachers are here. So there are times that I just like, ah, and then just, you just didn't treat them with this standard then instantly I feel the shame. And, and I remember going back and I just feel so, on my way home, feeling so heavy, you know, and feeling this, this sense of inadequacy coming up again and be like, Yvonne, you can't do better. Why did you yell at this 
kid, you know, they, they didn't know better. And, but then I realized, oh, this has been a pattern that I have, you know, just constantly being like, oh, maybe I can, I can just strive to be here. And I realized a pattern in me too. Whenever I feel that, like after, after youth service, and I feel that, oh my gosh, I didn't treat him or her with this honor. And I feel that sense of shame and inadequacy coming up. I will go and do more. I will, I will try to strive and do more in order to compensate or like to, yeah, to, to, to fulfill that gap, you know? So as I'm like processing through all of this and I see myself as the youngest son and the oldest son. Because the youngest son is basically, he can't do, he can't do it. That's why he, he leaves, right? Um, he cannot fulfill that standard as a son. So he's like, bye, right? So I see that, see myself in, in him too. And then for the oldest son, I see myself in him when he's striving for that, to fulfill that gap, right? So, as I read through this passage, um, as we prepare for the youth, so in youth we have the word team, and, and Joe is in the word team. So uh, we, had, we had a meeting together, and then for Father's Heart, this story just keep popping up, the prodigal son, because it, it really illustrates the heart of the Father, right? The Heavenly Father too. So um, as I read through this, um, as we are meeting together, this keep popping up. So I started to read this, and I realized um, in the youngest son and the oldest son, I'm going to draw some comparison and parallel here. Um, actually, there's no difference between both of them. They're both stricken by shame. So the youngest son, um, I was listening to this sermon from Floyd McClung. Regina sent me his sermon. Um, he's basically saying like, in the saddest thing about this story, actually it's not when the younger son eats from the pig pen. It's actually at the first few lines of the story, verse 11 and 12, um, which says that the younger one said to the father, father, give me my share of the estate. And the interesting question to ask here is that if you read through the story, the father is actually a really good father. Would you, would you agree? He gave him everything and he, he did what he can. He covered the shame, right? He quietly covered the shame. So why would the younger son leave in the first place? Why would he leave? So this preacher basically is suggesting that there's fundamentally a pain inside this younger son's heart, which motivated him to leave. And he quoted Proverbs and says, Proverbs talks about this wounded and broken spirit that we have. And he's basically saying that this younger son has this wounded spirit, broken spirit, that actually motivated him in the presence of a perfect father needs to cover and leave. And I see, I see that in myself. This younger son has done everything wrong in life. 
and he had to leave in the presence of a perfect father. And the pain in the oldest son is obvious too, right? And look at his response in verse 29. He says, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you have never given me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who squandered your properties with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. <clears throat> Look at the word that he's using. I've been slaving for you. I never disobey you, yet you never gave me anything. Right? So on the surface, this older son is basically saying, I have done everything right, but look at what I get. So if you look closer, everything that he's saying, I want to suggest to you it's a statement of shame. Maybe there's favoritism going on. Going on. Maybe his perception towards the father is tainted. It's not right. Something is not right here, right? Something doesn't fit. Whether it's the older son or the younger son, their relationship with the father is just there's a mismatch there, right? So this leads me to the second thing I want to talk to you about and I want to highlight is how both sons see the father. <clears throat> For the younger son, certainly, as we were talking just now, wounded spirit, the broken spirit. So the way that he sees the father is also very skewed. Although the father might be presenting himself as a perfect father who is able to cover everything, but the, the younger son didn't see it. And even when he came back from his whatever, right? And he's, he's asking his father to be his master, not his father, right? And then the older son is worse. He's basically seeing his father as a tyrant. Right? He's saying like, um, I've been slaving for you. I've been doing all these things for you. So as I was reading through this, I, I was just wondering, maybe for myself, my issue is really with, I don't really know who I am in him, and I don't know who my Heavenly Father is. And therefore, I didn't have a full picture of what his grace is. I'm just like this younger and older son who's shrinken by shame with the broken spirit and wounded spirit. So as I continue to read this, I want to find the answer to my shame. I want to be healed. I want to be whole, right? So um, I find my answer in the father's response to both sons. Yeah, so look at his response, okay? Well, the younger son, um, at first, the father bore the shame for, for him quietly. Quietly. Never told anyone. And then even if the commu community or family questioning him, or I'm sure, right, gossiping and all, even when it hurts him, the father went an extra amount to cover for the younger son. And then when the younger son came back, he ran. So they're a very reputable Jewish man. They don't run, 
because when they run, they are like you know the inner gown will be like seen. So they don't. But publicly, he ran, and despite of his Jewish man dignity, he reinstated the son publicly without a lot of words. He basically just put everything that belongs to a son on him. And the father is risking being scandalous for his son's sake. The response towards the older son when he became angry and all that is that the father basically left his own party, which is a disgrace to do at that time for the older son. And the scripture said the father went out and pleaded with him, basically begging him, speaking lovingly. Even when the older son accuses him, so this is a father who covers the shame, who goes an extra mile, maybe ten extra miles for both his sons. And this is a challenge to me. I don't know how to relate to a father like this because my own father, I never seen that in him. Yeah, and but then I wanted to be healed. And I wanted to, you know, like all this shame that I've been feeling and carrying on my shoulder for all this thirty something years. Um, how do I let a God who can go extra mile to carry my shame? And I think a lot of time it's like last night I was just uh, I couldn't I couldn't sleep well, so I was thinking about. My mom is in town, so I have some interaction with him, and then um, I realize some of my words are sharp, and so I didn't treat her with, you know, the honor that she ought to have because of some of the stuff that happened in the family. So there's some hurts and some brokenness there. So um, I realized that, and then instantly that shame came back, and I was like. <sighs> You know, but then I in, instead of like trying harder and trying to meet that standard like this older son, I was just you know thinking about this story and I was thinking like, oh, I should not try harder. I should try softer. I should just sit with this shame. And on that like. I was I was I couldn't sleep, so I was just like lying on my bed. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, I should just let God cover my shame, whatever it means, you know. Like for me right now, maybe you're like me. You're like you're like I don't know how to do 